What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel, B1. Today, you're on episode 42 of the Biker Bar. First of all, all of you fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Um, I did my best Father's Day that I could come up with this morning. I basically spent no time with them and went mountain biking, but I'll make that up later. <laughs> So, uh, nonetheless, I, I'm uh, rocking the, uh, the, the, what the hell is the name of these guys? Dirt Trail Riders. So, you guys have seen this shirt before. I had some people ask me on, on, uh, on Instagram and whatnot. So, it looks like a skull and a crossbones, except for the crossbone on their forks. So, that's Dirt Trail Riders. I'll put the link up later. If you're listening to the podcast, it'll be in the, in the, in the, in the information there. Also, rocking the this is apparently the small business apparel company show so um also have the full scent alliance if you guys missed the podcast last week or the uh the live stream last week i actually didn't put the podcast up until yesterday um anyways i appreciate everybody coming out to hang out with us for those of you guys that uh, watch all the YouTubers, you're probably familiar with these two, uh, Sid and Mackie. I believe they're husband and wife now, if I remember correctly. They got married. They weren't married at, at, as when they first started the channel. So I'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves, and we'll go from there. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Mackie. I'm and, Sid. And we, yeah, have a little YouTube channel where we sort of share our adventures from racing mountain bikes professionally um, all over the place, basically. And uh, yeah, try to provide a little bit of inspiration for people if they are thinking about doing their first race or uh, their not first race. But a lot of people have questions or are nervous about racing for the first time. And we sort of want to do our best to make people feel comfortable and, and give it a go because it's really a lot of fun <laughs> i'm glad you guys um because the first time that i started listening to your guys's channel i actually didn't know which one was which and for the longest time i thought that sid was the dude and mackie was the was the lady but apparently i was bass awkward <laughs> you're not the only one that happened all the time, which is why we started just like every video introducing ourselves. And it was really funny because for a while we would like get people that are like, why are you telling us your names every time? And then like the comment would go on and they like still wouldn't know which of us was which. <laughs> like, listen! <laughs> you are the reason that we have to introduce ourselves every time. But yeah, we both have gender neutral names. So. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's something going on there whenever I start talking. I don't know if it's feedbacking on your end or something, but uh, let's see. Or is there like a dog outside or a bulldozer or something like that? <laughs> um, Never there's mind. like some traffic, but yeah, no maybe. dogs or bulldozers. Yeah. Let's see if that's at all better. I turned the volume down a little bit, so maybe we'll get a little less feedback. All right. Sounds good. Either way, if you guys on the on the chat are really fed up with it, just throw me some super chats and then I'll try to make them fix it. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm down with the super chats. So for the people that don't follow your channel, you guys are both professional riders, correct? Yes. And were you guys professional riders before you met each other or how did you guys meet? Uh, so we met in college and Mackie did race professionally at that point, but he was also in college. 
and I did ride mountain bikes, but I didn't really race at all before I met him. So where'd you guys go? We went to Middlebury College, which is up in Vermont. So oh, wow, back in, are you guys from the East Coast? Um, I'm from Ohio, and he's from New Mexico. So no, <laughs> basically <laughs> big spread there. Yeah. <laughs> where, where in Ohio are you from? Athens. Where's that at? It is southeastern corner, like really close to like Parkersburg, West Virginia. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Right on. I'm from Pennsylvania originally, so. Nice. And yeah. then New Mexico, how about you? I am from Taos. Um, well, yeah, Sorry. we moved to Taos when I was like 12. I so. just want to know how close that is to Roswell. That's really all I care about. Not, Not close. close. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Carlsbad once. I did a road trip from Sacramento to Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I tell you yeah. what, that everything from like LA to Carlsbad sucks. Like, like it's like like very boring. I mean, you kind yeah. of go <laughs> Yeah, I think we say that northern New Mexico is like Colorado without the money, and southern New Mexico is like Texas without the money. I actually <laughs> peed on a rattlesnake on that trip <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to tell a story because it's just freaking hilarious so we're like we may or may not have been having some roadies by the time we passed el paso <laughs> and so we pull over finally like in the we're like you know in the middle there's nothing out there like there is nothing anywhere right at least at night there's nothing anywhere i'm assuming it's still the same way in the daytime yes, so we pull over and there's like these like berms on like a berm on the side of the road. Like you would think like a, like if it was a levee next to you or something like that. And uh, I get out of the car and and we have like the hazard lights on. So it's like, you can see for a second. You can't see for a second. You, can see for, <laughs> you can't see for a second. Right. And I walk up this, this little hill and I'm like taking a leak and I hear this like, ch -ch 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 -ch. and I'm thinking to myself, Oh fuck the sprinklers are on, you know? <laughs> Like nowhere in my fucking mind was I thinking like, dude, you're in the middle of the desert. Why the fuck would they have sprinklers on? And it was like, the, the, that sounds going. And I, and like, as the light gets on at one point, I'm like looking down and I'm literally like peeing next to this fucking snake. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, snake. And my, my, my ex-wife at the time, like she jumps in the car, locks the doors and is standing out of the freaking sunroof while all the rest of us are outside of the car. <laughs> like, dude, wait a freaking buddy fuck us off. She's like, you said snake. <laughs> so, She's so, like, the snake's going to open the doors. I had to lock them. <laughs> what the hell is that all about? <laughs> so that was, that was an interesting, interesting road trip. So nonetheless. <laughs> So um, whenever you, I guess, whichever you guys want to start first, you said, who, which one of you guys want to tell your story of how you, how you started mountain biking? Thank you guys. I'm going. You guys like got a rock, paper, scissors on everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, nose goes, Yeah, man. nose goes. It was yeah. too fast. I'm not going to about the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> so how I got into mountain biking, my family moved to New Mexico when I was 12. Mm -hmm. And my parents signed me up for a after mount after school mountain bike program. And I was like, Hey, this is super fun. Enjoyed it. The people who ran the camp, I think I did it like two years. So and uh, they were like, 
Say the, that again. The, the joking aside from earlier, so I'm assuming where you live is probably more northern New Mexico, so it's a little more hilly. Yes. So yeah. basically, Taos is at like seven thousand feet or oh, something of elevation. Taos is a ski town. Yeah, Taos is a ski town, okay. and it, it goes up from there. So you can ride your bike to thirteen thousand feet. Oh no, basically. Joke. Um. So. Well. Okay. Yeah, twelve thousand, not thirteen. Sid's right. Um, but there's plenty of elevation. I love how you corrected you on that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come on, this is a good story, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I I grew up in New Well, I consider myself a New Mexican. Got into it that way. The people who were leading the camp were like, Hey, do you want to try a race? There's one in Angel Fire, which is like 45 minutes away. And I was like, sure, that'd be fun. And so they took me over there and I raced the angel fire race and got second in my category of uh beginners like 15 and 16 year olds or something right yeah so then the next race like, i was I like, like winning this is fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the next race i was like oh well i did well in beginner like i'll move up a category and at that time there was only beginner and expert so i raced expert for the next race and we ended up racing the same distance as the pros and I ran out of water and like, you know, some random guy passed me and like handed me a water bottle who like wasn't in my category. And so I survived the race and I was third only because everybody else dropped out in my category. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, wow, racing is awesome. And uh, <laughs> You're like, I'm fucking am, you like, every time. You're like, I'm a natural. Seven, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 17 years later, I'm still doing it. So <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Sid? Yeah, so I, both my parents mountain bike. So I grew up riding like from a very young age so but i did we have pictures of sid yeah like in the buggy being pulled and then that on the tandem bike, yeah riding with her dad oh, and then like uh, like sid was like stardom young yeah so i wrote, like started riding the this is a road bike but like tandem road bike with my dad when i was like six years old he had to put like crank extended yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i could like reach the pedals and stuff um and then started mountain biking when i was like maybe 12 I think um and I sort of I rode consistently through high school but I also I ran competitively and did like track and cross country and all that so I didn't ride that much until I went to college I was planning on running in college got hurt ended up going into mountain biking at that point and racing collegiate mountain biking which is how I met Mackie and you guys were in like a like a college like a like a mountain biking club or something in school or yeah it was yeah. very small there were like six of us <laughs> right but... <laughs> the best year there were six of us yeah the worst year i was the only one yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great there was the the first year that i raced collegiate there were six of us and the six people, there were two Alexes and two Sids. Yeah. Like, oh, what are the that? So like, there were only six of us, but we all had the same name. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Collegiate <laughs> like, is like really fun and really good way to get into mountain biking. If there's anyone of that age listening, like it's like it's racing, but like mainly it's partying. Like, yeah, mainly it's like, hanging out with your friends yeah. and riding bikes. <laughs> yeah, it's like racing with the side of, or partying with the side of bike racing. Like, <laughs> like a collegiate mountain biker is what you're telling me. 
What's that? <laughs> I said, I'm basically a collegiate mountain yeah. biker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like you would really enjoy collegiate mountain bike racing. Yeah. <laughs> and if I if I could start out anything like Mackie, I'd just be podium all the time. Everybody quits. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody shows up. They're like, this is awesome. That was the other great part about collegiate is usually it wasn't that competitive, so you could do really well. Right on. <laughs> well, they have like a, oh, they have so many categories too. So and divisions. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. you guys travel a lot with that, or was it pretty much like right around there in Vermont, or? Um, it was like Vermont, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. New Why do I feel like we never New went Jersey. to New York, though? We, we did, did road Massachusetts. races in New York. I don't remember so, ever doing a mountain bike race. There was a lot of traveling in the Northeast. So basically all like the New England states. Exactly. Yeah, it was like the Eastern Collegiate. No, um, it was the, it was the, yeah, it was the ECCC, yeah. Eastern Collegiate Cycling Conference. Yeah. And that was basically the Northeast because the Southern Southeast had their own conference. Right. You so guys we did a lot of driving <laughs> to race. What, what did you guys end up getting degrees in? You're I like, have a degree in environmental science and history. Which you can tell which I'm using, she's using all the time. Hey man, you never <laughs> know, man. <laughs> um, I have a degree in computer science. Oh, wow. I basically use it to do our websites and, you know, edit videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would have took a lot of programming classes and stuff like that. I took a lot of programming classes. <laughs> when I first started school, I wanted to be in computer science major. And I, I wanted to do that all the way until I took C++. And I was like, this is dumb. I don't want to do that anymore. And then I got into networking and shit. And I was like, okay, this is more like it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it some, frequently takes some time to figure it out. Like, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, and then I took biology, and I was like, nope, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was always, like, I'm a, I am I like the creative part of stuff. So, like, I, I liked, like, when I was doing that kind of stuff, it was like, I would be the guy that designed all the GUIs and then let everybody else write the functions. I was yeah, like, nice, nice. <laughs> and those guys didn't want to do the GUIs, so they were like, oh, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> So anyways, right on. So how did, um, Sid, how did you get into, into racing? Like you were just like taking Mackie all the time and you were like, I want to do pro level two or it was the collegiate um, thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I raced collegiate and I was just cross country. And then when I graduated, he was, so Mackie raced cross country for 10 maybe like, let's say like seven or eight years and then switched to Enduro in 2014, which was when I graduated from college. So I ended up basically starting racing Enduro at that point with like no idea what I was doing at all, but I was reasonably fit and whatnot. So I just sort of like signed up for pro and because there were no categories in Enduro at that point, there was like pro and amateur because it wasn't yeah. recycling at all. So yeah, I pretty much just, Signed myself up for pro. You should, you, should, you should explain the true reason you signed up for pro. Yeah, no, the first race that I signed up for pro was because the amateurs had to like wait for like three hours to start, and I wanted to like get it over with. So I was like, oh, I'll race pro. But then I like didn't totally realize that I was gonna be like stuck doing that for you know seven years. Now here she is. <laughs> so like once you sign up pro, you can't like you can't go down. Well, you can, you can but, like, but you can't. She didn't. <laughs> she wasn't slow enough 
to like people would have been like, "Whoa, you're just like downgrading so you can do well." Like if right, she had right, been right. Like, bagging, so right. far behind, yeah, if she'd yeah. been so far behind, then it would have been like, "Yeah, you should downgrade," but she wasn't. So right, yeah, yeah, it was good enough, just good enough to like get my ass kicked. <laughs> it would take like one look at me and they'd be like, "Dude, if there was one below amateur, we would." Be yeah. <laughs> 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 oh come on don't sell yourself short there <laughs> but man at the end when they're like man he celebrates like a pro though yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so you guys have a, a unique living living arrangement yes yeah sorry we're gonna squiggle things around here for a yeah. second because yeah, 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 sure in it. new mexico because we're in our car <laughs> we're in our house you mean oh yeah. wait it's the same thing <laughs> It gets right into the question that I asked. So. Yeah. Yes. So we do primarily live in our van, which is where we are now. Hey, you can see um, some cupboards behind yeah, us here. We've got some cupboards. Um, we yeah. So Mackie's parents have a house here in Taos. They actually are living in Southeast Asia. It's kind of complicated, but <laughs> it does mean we are able to come here and use their sleep in their driveway, basically. Um, for a few shower, a year. laundry, kitchen. Yeah. There you go. None of that's been going so well because they've been having plumbing issues. So <laughs> we've basically just been camping in the driveway. Mostly yeah. just camping <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you guys aren't living in like a sprinter, if I remember correctly. It's like more like a like an econo, like an eco van. Yeah, right? it's a Ford E350. So basically, what you see here is our entire. I wouldn't move it too much; it might get weird, but. This is our entire living space, and then the rest is for motos and bikes and stuff. So basically, um, those of you guys that are listening, they're sitting in the front seats, and then there's about a couple of feet behind them, and then they're saying, if you said motos, you're definitely... So you guys have motorcycles back there, too? We do, you're yeah. still carrying the rip row around as well? Yep. <laughs> and you guys got some stuff packed up in that thing. We have we all the toys. Do. <laughs> yeah. And so we sleep in a rooftop tent. Uh -huh. Um so you have to climb yeah. up the back and then across the roof and then get into bed. There you go. Yeah. You're doing cardio like the, for everything that you do. Pretty <laughs> much. It's really a bummer actually when you like hurt yourself or like super sore because you crashed. You're like, I can't get into the tent. <laughs> you're like, can you just put it on the ground? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Or when it's raining or even worse, snowing. When it's snowing, you like, go out to pee in the middle of the night and you're like stepping in snow yeah, yeah and so, that's not as fun so we usually avoid snow we spend the winter somewhere warm or somewhere we can be in a house and um but we came back to taos in march was it march and no it was like April may and when may. was it just recently it was may, may. <laughs> okay we came back here in may mid-may we're like sleeping up in our rooftop tent it snows six inches of this wet like horrible spring snow and the tent, like, it literally collapsed on us at one in the morning. <laughs> I guess it got too heavy. So we're, like, trying to sleep, yeah. and all of a sudden, the roof of our bed collapses on us. And we're, like, right. there, like, oh, in with it, like, two inches above our nose. <laughs> that, was, that was a van life low point. <laughs> yeah, at that point, we were, like, maybe we'll sleep inside tonight. And so right. then we went inside. <laughs> so you guys, um, when you got out of college, did you guys go straight into the van life? Or did you guys, like, get a place for a while? And then what, what got you to the point where you wanted to, to live in a van? Well, okay, we, we went straight into car life. 
So Mackie had a, we, well, we still have it, a 2007 Chevy Aveo. I don't know if anyone wants to look that up. It's like possibly the smallest car that you can possibly have. So <laughs> we lived out of that for a year. So that was what inspired van life. We're like, wow, van would be so well, nice. Basically, we were living out of the car. And then we went to visit Sid's folks in Ohio. And I ended up getting a dirt bike. Which did and not we were like, fit in the Chevy Well, the dirt bike's definitely not going to fit in the Chevy Aveo. I guess we need a van. And then we got a van. Yeah, so we basically bought a our first van, not this one, we bought for $1,400. It was a 1996 Ford E250. And it was like, it was that cheap because it was like super, super rusty. Mm-hmm. So... That was kind of a learning experience about cars. We were like, cool, really cheap car. And um, then when we were like cleaning it out right after we bought it, we pulled up the floor mat and there was like under the driver's seat, like you could see the road. Yeah. Like, there was no floor. <laughs> Yo, first life lesson. You get what you yeah. pay for. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we here's the good part. We drove it for three years. We lived out for three years and we sold it for $2,000. So we go. made $600 and had a van for three years. Yeah, so it worked out. Mackie <laughs> put a lot of labor into it. No, I think if we gave you an hourly wage, we probably we would not, not make money. do very well. But, <laughs> 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 but so okay. do you guys have... Do you guys have plans to like move it, like get like a sprinter or you guys are digging where you're at or you guys thinking that you want to like, like settle down somewhere? Or? Let's put it this way. If someone who's watching wants to buy us a sprinter, we will happily <laughs> live in a sprinter. But until that happens, we're going to stick with our Econo line. Yeah, we're, we'll probably at some point, we would probably get property or a house before we necessarily got a sprinter van because um, we're pretty happy being in this van. And it's just like sprinters are just so ridiculously expensive. Yeah, basically. yeah. It's a lot <laughs> and expensive to work on. Which the Econo line, I can do most of the work on this van oh, if nice. I need to. Yeah. Just because like, of YouTube. <laughs> for the amount that we would pay for like a sprinter, like you could get a down payment on a decent house. And like a house is something that technically will appreciate with value, whereas As cars are not. So, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> at, at this point, we'd, yeah. We'd rather save money than, than buy an expensive car, <laughs> I guess. I hear you. So can you guys bring the volume down of me talking on your end? I think that's what it is that I'm hearing whenever I start talking. Um, do you want to grab headphones? Or will that will the mic then? All right, try talking. How about now? Yeah, I think that's good. That dude. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, <clears throat> so sorry about that. Those of you guys paying attention, how are not paying attention or whatever the fuck's going on. Sorry about that. <laughs> I like the person in the chat who says, why don't we have a giant house and a sprinter with all of our YouTube money? I yeah, that's, really, that's what I was going to ask. Really how, big, how, how big Just is your channel right now? <laughs> how, big, how big is the channel right now? Where are you guys at subscriber wise? Uh, we just hit 30,000. So oh, we're dude. super super stoked about that i bet you the youtube truck just doesn't know where you guys are at and that's why yeah. I showed up with the money it's like dude they were in mexico new mexico yesterday right? yeah, yeah we're gonna come drop off half a million dollars they for them but we can't find them, them. <laughs> so what inspired you i mean you guys are like living in in this van you're, you're traveling around racing 
And then what, at what point you're like, man, I wish I had something more to do with my time. And you decide to start doing YouTube. That's a good question. A great Sometimes question. We, we ask ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say, to be honest, we sort of saw we've always tried to do more than just race because racing is great. If you're winning at the like highest international level, then you might be able to get sponsorship just from racing. But if that's not true, um, which it is not for us, <laughs> then you better be doing something else. Right. And so Initially, we had sort of talked about like, oh, we might be able to like, you know, grow a following, like more of a following because we'd always like done Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And so we were like, oh, maybe we'll do YouTube. And then as we've done YouTube more, we've realized that we like, we like, doing we YouTube. like doing YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like its own thing. Yeah. yeah. We like started to do it to like be more valuable for sponsors. But now we do it because we like the community that surrounds the channel. And like, we feel like we're providing useful information for people and like inspiring people to like try a race. And yeah. And so it stopped being about sponsorship and started being about like YouTube and the community itself. Yeah. I think that's accurate. I think we also are like looking for a way or, or like we're looking for something to do beyond Right, right. Like diversify yourself. There's like a lot of pressure as a racer when, like, you know, you so much depends on your results. And like, the awesome thing about YouTube is that like we can like if we win a race, we get a really good video. If we have like a really bad day and crash, like we get a really good video. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> sometimes it's even a better video when you have a bad day, you know, because people are supportive and like they want to see that struggle and that like that side of the story too so you so, guys you guys film your races as well yeah most of the videos of you guys that i've watched have been not races so i didn't know you guys were doing that too that was yeah. what we started that's doing actually, actually. Started with, yeah. yeah and over the past year well over the past year we've just been putting out like a ton of content so obviously the majority the majority of it isn't racing um because we don't race every single weekend but right um yeah, that's a, like definitely a focus for us is try to tell those stories. Well, there's there's so many other people who do so many other parts of mountain biking on YouTube so well that we're like, we don't want to try to do the same thing or like try to do whatever they're doing better because they already do it so well. Right. We want to like, what's a unique angle that we have? And there's not really anybody else racing at the level that we are or racing as seriously as we are. Or as much. Or as much as we are <laughs> on YouTube. And so like, that's something that we can sort of tell people about or bring a unique perspective on because that's, it's something totally different than what other people are showing on YouTube. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody's channel is unique in its own way. You know what I mean? Like, like, exactly. like, I mean, somebody could say, oh, well, you know, Tess and Steve, like they, they were rolling around in the van too and they're riding bikes, but they weren't racing. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, uh, like, like somebody could compare like me and Bobo, like just both a bunch of like guys that like to drink a lot and supposedly ride mountain bikes. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, but I think that everybody, like, 
has their unique way of going about things. And I think that at the end of the day, I want to say this is something that Brian said whenever he first started his channel, like, like everybody has their own people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Like even people that like, you know, listen to my channel, I would always assume anybody other, any other YouTuber that I have on people would have heard of them. And there's been people that are like some, in some cases, bigger channels and they're like, Oh, I've never heard of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like weird, you know? Yeah, totally. No, it's always interesting to like try to figure out how much of an overlap you have with another channel. Like, you know, I'm like, we sometimes assume like, oh, you know, if somebody follows our channel or watches our channel, they definitely watch, you know, Brian's channel because right. his is so much bigger. But I'm not sure that's actually true. I think there are a lot of people who like, watch both brian's channel and our channel but then there's also some people who just watch brian well obviously there's lots of people who just watch brian's <laughs> right. channel um, but there's also people who just watch our channel and so it's it's cool that like people you know different people or different channels speak to different people yeah. and everybody does their you know, own like different you thing relate with. you know what i mean like that's what we got a comment from someone who's like I found BKXE through you guys. Yeah, we're like, like, what yes. were you doing beforehand? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's really funny. What do you, what do you guys, um, what have you guys found difficult about doing YouTube? I mean, it's, it's a lot of time. All the things. Know, sure. <laughs> it's a lot of internet bandwidth. That's probably our like biggest struggle. Just trying, As you know, a, just trying to find a place. Your show. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to find a place to like be able to upload or whatever. Or... Yeah. So like the gym we're sitting out in front of, like we're like 15 minutes from Mackie's parents' house. If we try to upload a video at his parents' house, it will literally take 12 hours. Sometimes. That's good. 12 hours is good. And then we, we can come down here and do it in like 20 minutes. There you go. <laughs> so yeah mountain internet basically yeah i mean we've sort of figured out some hacks of like instead of hot spotting and trying to upload via the computer we copy the video onto a phone and then just like upload it from the phone using data and like keep the phone awake all night so that it doesn't stop like there's all these kind of stupid things that like oh, wow, a lot yeah. of people probably don't think of because they have decent internet at a house Right. And for us, we're like, all right, like we need to park close to the cell tower so that we can get decent internet to like upload a video. And it's why we so rarely do live streams is because our internet's not good enough. And it's like, you know, we don't want people being like, oh, we're going to get to hear a live stream. And then like they can't hear us or see us or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of the live yep. streaming. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. We're, um, <clears throat> shoot, I had a great question, but you know what? Uh, the whole time you guys are talking, all I'm doing is forgetting shit. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you, how often somebody in the comments asked if I still have my wrist brace on, I do not have my wrist brace on. And we went back to Pajarito like yesterday and today and rode, and I was able to ride everything. So like, there's still a point that I can find that hurts but it does not affect my writing. So I'm very happy and I yeah. do not think my hand is broken. For those who don't follow us on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> Maggie had like a pretty, pretty gnarly wreck last, yeah. like a week yeah. ago today. And yeah, we were super 
concerned that he had broken his wrist again. So we like went and got x-rays and, and they're always like, Oh, you like, it doesn't look broken, but you don't really know. So, but he seems to be good. So that's good. Yeah. So really you guys bad. were supposed to be filming a video about, about Sid's new bike or something like that. Or, yeah. And then yeah, instead Mackie like jumped over this like, rock and tried to throw man into a tree or something. Pretty much. That was a <laughs> summary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's a, it's a really gnarly feature, but he did it again today. I did it again today, and I did not hit a tree. The, fear yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> the last time and did it again. So good job, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. How, how often do you guys release videos? We are doing twice a week now, so we're doing Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, we're we're keeping our head above water with that for now. We may have to go back down to one a week, yeah. but we'll see. That's pretty aggressive. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I think a lot of the YouTubers, even, I mean, even Brian's backed off. And Brian was, like, a sole believer in, like, put as much content up as you can. But I think that as you do it longer, the more that you realize, like, well, if I spend more time on making a good video, like, it actually just does better than me doing, like, two that i'm just trying to poop out you know for sure yeah yeah and then there's also the element of like like what's the point of like continuous growth and like constant videos if you're not like enjoying what you're doing and like yeah. you okay but i don't know we had we do we ride a ton and we race a ton so we get a ton of like content so we're and like we can get, we a, ton. Can get yeah. a ton so we're like okay we have a lot of cool stuff that we want to share so I think probably like over the winter we'll do one a week because I think people are just like happy to not think about bikes every second, mm -hmm. every day. But like this, I as much like, as you guys day. ride, dude, you guys could do this like weekly, like wrap up kind of videos and just take all the fun stuff out of everything that you do. <laughs> well, the the problem, or I guess one of the struggles, because you're asking about YouTube struggles, is for the first like last year, which was basically our first year doing it seriously we basically just filmed everything and, we and drove that was like nuts totally stressful yeah and so now we've gotten much better at being like okay like let's look at our training schedule let's look at our ride schedule what is going to be interesting like what are what are people going to be interested in seeing and then we film that stuff or that day or whatever yeah. instead of like constantly filming and then there's less footage we have to go through and like it just it, it works a lot the better. Editing go a lot faster. Yeah. Um, not that editing is ever fast, even yeah, when you yeah, do no, I'm with you. <laughs> I think what I did is I I I I mean I was like just trying to put out as much as I could while working, you know, full time and whatever. And, and um, not to say that your schedule isn't any more or less busy or busy, but then like after a while, it just got to the point where I was like I, I felt like I wasn't like I wasn't like having as much fun with it you know and and that's totally. kind of whenever i decided i was just going to do biker bar for a while and just kind of like let my pov stuff just i just needed a break from it and at this point yeah. now i'm kind of at a point where it's like i miss making those videos i miss that mm -hmm. creative side so i think i'm gonna try to find a happy medium between the two where it's like i'm gonna start to like spread biker bar out a little bit more and then I'm going to try to like get back into making more POV. But and when I say POV, it's just like anything that's like filmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So e even POV could be, you know, like, 
hey, these five tools that are like, or what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and then just kind of just really try to work on the quality of, of those videos. And, and for me, I finally got to a point where it's like, realize that like i'm not gonna be youtube famous and i'm not gonna like quit my job tomorrow or you know what i mean so it's like just to be like you know what get back to like why you started doing this and just enjoying making videos and kind of stick with that and if the channel grows the channel grows you know i can i can face that problem whenever it comes up you know yeah but yeah i think that's a good way to put it like by the way, if you hear weird noises, that's rain. It just started raining. <laughs> and when you're in a van, you hear rain. So we will do our best to talk at a it's level like, that you guys can hear, but it's raining. It's also really raining. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just finding that balance of like what works for you, what you enjoy doing. Because really, I mean, let's be honest, there are way easier ways to make money than YouTube. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> If you're not doing it because you enjoy it, like yeah, you should stop it. doing it. Right. <laughs> I don't think anybody in the mountain bike YouTube sphere is like getting rich off of this. <laughs> no. I don't know if we could say anybody. I, I put some pretty good money that Seth's doing well. That's true. I think but, he I think he puts a lot of it back into doing videos though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. even there were like you know, I mean, I hope he's making like a couple hundred grand a year. That'd be awesome. But we're not talking like millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not like the, the guys that are unwrapping toys for kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the, why like, the fuck is that guy getting guys. 65 million views on every video? You know? <laughs> so ridiculous. No. Yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to explain that to somebody the other day. They were like, well, well, how do those guys like, what kind of money do they make? I was like, look, let's just say it's a quarter of a penny for every video that gets watched, you know? And yeah. every video that they release, and you told me they release a video every day, is getting like 50 million views. They're fucking making stupid money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we sort of calculated that the, the low end of that is like $1,000 per million views. Might even be a little lower than that. But Might like, be a little lower, Let's yeah. assume half a thousand per million views. Yeah. So like 50 million views would be $25,000 yeah. a day. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I, I could use twenty five thousand dollars a day. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of those channels, it's just like you're like, what, dude? I, can I do that just for like one year, and then I'll be good for the rest of my life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even a week would be great. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just like put all your effort into seven days of videos, and then you're like good for the year, right? <laughs> so awesome. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, you know, it's insane, like the, the kind of stuff that's out there too. I mean, it's not even like, 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 yeah, those like the kid stuff like does really well. The camera stuff does really well. The like fail videos do really, but there's like so many like channels out there. There's like a guy that does like, I ran into, I don't know how the hell I ran into it. You know, <laughs> right? It's like some guy that goes around and just like, like talks about buying like used muscle cars. And he like goes and he's like, oh, I'm buying this one for so-and-so. And he's like showing people like, this is how you tell if there's rust under there. Or this is how you tell, you know, or whatever. I'm like, dude, this guy's channel is like huge. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? It's like, so I'm nice. showing people for 7,000. What the shit? You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you guys did 30, 30 grand in one year. That's really good, man. Two years, I think. Years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, 2017, we sort of just like, 
We just did race videos. And we didn't really understand YouTube. And we did, yeah, video. it was like <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while we do a video. And I think we got from zero to a thousand subscribers that first year. Oh, wow. For okay. like first nine months or yeah, something. Yeah, nine months. Yeah. Or so. And then in last year in 2018, we were like, okay, we're going to do this more seriously. Like actually like try to do it properly. And we went from one to 17 I think. And then since January of this year, we've done, we've all, we've done 13,000, which is yeah, almost awesome, which was actually like our goal for the year. So we're really stoked. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel Um, like after you got over 10,000 that it like started like picking up? Yeah, sort of. We had a, we did a video about Ray's, bike park that went kind of nuts i think it's at like two million views now so that's like brought in a ton of subscribers and i'm not sure like i think some of those people have like stuck around and like watched every video but i think some people just like hit subscribe and then are like confused by the videos that we actually published this isn't a video about an indoor bike park i'm unsubscribing (laughs) yeah i don't think you can like totally judge a channel just by like the subscriber yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's just a number, but um, it's so good to have goals. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. About. Like, what do you guys think made the video like jump? Just, just the location, or did? Well, I mean, was did you feel like the content was really good, or? Well, uh, the thumbnail was good, which I think is huge. That's the thing that we. That's like I think was like our greatest weakness for a long time was like thumbnail stuff, and like it still kind of is, but. We're starting to get better. And that one, like, I mean, first of all, it's just like a ridiculous place. So it's something that people are searching for. It's, but we also, like, most of our views don't come from search. What's that? Is that the one that's in the cave or is that the one that's just like a big, Mm -hmm. huge indoor place? No, it's just a huge warehouse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. Yeah. So we actually had done a video sort of that was sort of similar at the end of 2017. Like a, you know, here's Ray's. It was actually it was like, like a really terrible video, it really but it had a video. similar thumbnail. But the retention on it was really bad. So we were like, what if we made a like shorter, good video with like the same but better thumbnail and like the same title? Because like obviously that worked, and like that strategy actually worked, yeah. like hugely. We took like a video that was bad but still got views and redid it so that it was actually good. Yeah. And amazingly, it worked. <laughs> you know who's really good at thumbnails is uh, um, Paul the Punter. His thumbnails are really yeah, good. yeah, really good. He's very good at it. Sure. And titles also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that like that one did well because I think it's it's like a novelty too. Like it got mm-hmm. out. We got out of the mountain bike sphere, which was super interesting. <laughs> so you guys <laughs> like, like, or something. Sorry, what was that? You guys were riding like dirt jumpers or something? Yeah, we were on dirt jumps. So, so yeah, we got a lot of annoying dirt jump kids in the comments. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, man, I'm talking like we're like out of bike sphere. We're like people who are like, this looks like a lawsuit waiting to happen. I rode a bike on a like <laughs> path once and it was dangerous. Like, how do people do this? Or people that were like, like really mad that we were riding bikes indoors. Yeah. So that was really funniest. I think my favorite comment on that video was go find a mountain. 
Well, it's better than that. And since we're on your channel, we could say the actual yeah. version. We try to keep our channel clean. Yeah, yeah. I actually said, go find a mountain, you pussy. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Well, I've never seen one you know, of those. Did you just right. click on our channel? Like, you should click on our channel because we do occasionally ride, ride mountains. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it was like, it's like really fascinating experience, though, to have a video like go that viral and like see like where it ends up like we definitely have people who are like this was in my recommended but i don't even ride bikes yeah <laughs> like how the hell did this recommend for me i've right, had some, yeah. some subscribers that tell me that they don't even ride bikes and they just like watching my channel i'm like what the hell that's, awesome. that's cool <laughs> that's weird man it's like okay you are a strange cat <laughs> sign up for my patreon i will dance like a monkey <laughs> so you guys got patreon too we do, yeah. How's that doing? And that's basically what has made it possible for us to keep doing YouTube, like yeah. from a financial standpoint. Um, because, as you know, like it's hard to actually make any money off of YouTube AdSense or anything. Yeah. And so, I think, I think that's the thing that a lot of people watching don't realize. Like, you really have to be at like. 100,000 subs before you start making a decent amount from the, the ads, you know, and that's still well, not anywhere have, close to what yeah. you're going to get from Patreon, you know? Yeah, totally. Or you have to have enough videos that like keep getting enough views. Yeah. That you're like regular, like when we, our raise video, like, boop, and then like slowed down and then went up and slowed down. And like, it kind of goes back and forth and we can tell like when YouTube is saying like, this is your estimated monthly amount. We can tell if the raise video is doing well or not because yeah, it's all it's based off of that. Yeah, yeah, it's such a high percentage of that. Revenue comes from like one video. And then you guys put video, like, like, like oh, one, $50, maybe <laughs> you guys put like one commercial in the middle or how do you guys lay, lay out that? We, we just do the beginning. Yeah. Just, just the whatever. standard, like, yeah. like beginning ad or like a, pop-up whatever banner ads like we basically just let youtube choose and don't do mid-roll ads because honestly it's mainly just because i personally find mid-roll ads <laughs> kind of annoying i used um, to yeah no i'm with you i used to have them in in my videos and and on and I, I won't lie like my revenue was doing a lot better then and um but i i also got to a point where it was like dude actually i remembered one day it was like i don't like watching ads so why the hell do I have them in my videos? You know, like, like, why am I treating people this way? Like I have the power to not treat them this way, you know? Yeah. So that, that at that point, basically our same thinking is like, we would rather like do a shout out to our patrons and like, thank them for making this possible because it really, like, they really are the reason we can do this. Yeah instead of like an ad that'll an, maybe net us like twenty dollars yeah and right. and make and be, be annoying be annoying <laughs> yeah i'd rather have people like be part of the community and feel like they're part of the community because that's what we want is a community of people as opposed to like oh here you guys can deal with an annoying ad which you know we know you hate because we hate them too <laughs> right, right yeah Never, someone said in the in the, in the chat like i just hit the skip button on the ad like yeah that's what everyone does and that's like yeah. Totally. <laughs> I leave the one I leave the one on the front because I feel like people are used to it. And every yeah. once in a while it's like some movie trailer. You're like, oh wow, I actually want to watch this. Yeah. You know? And then I leave the one, I put one on the end too, because this is the way my thinking on it is that like 99% of people 
pick another video before it gets to there. And totally. that's just for like the people that, that are watching at work and get up and walk away. That that yeah. one get played all the way through. You know? Yeah, so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I figure most people like as soon as like I mean the video's over, like they're they're out, you know. So <clears throat> anyways. Yeah, I think the thing with the ads, like we definitely do the ones at the beginning of the video. Cause I think like you are getting content for free when you're watching YouTube and like you can watch an ad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can skip it if you want, like whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't love the middle thing, but yeah. we would have put it on our video that got 2 million views though, for sure. Except it's under 10 minutes long, so we couldn't do it. We missed it. Like we didn't even realize this, but we're like, oh, we should put a mineral ad on, like on the raise video. Like that's a great idea. And then we found out that it has to be 10 minutes. And this is like, nine minutes and 54 seconds and we were like no oh, six seconds longer so we could put a mineral ad because i mean let's be real like once we hit like a hundred thousand views like most of the people we care about have already seen the video right exactly can't you like edit it like the bumper like make the bumper longer or something like that good question i, I you used to be able to edit YouTube videos, and I'm not sure if you can anymore. I don't yeah, think. Just put like a picture at the end, you know, like 27 yeah. seconds. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for watching. We ride mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed. Like the way that they're doing the new YouTube, I don't, I don't remember what it's called, the new creator studio is like, it's really strange to me. Like a software company is like, hey, we're going to put out this beta project product for like two years, force people to use it and still not have feature parity. And whenever you actually want to do something, you got to use the old program. Yeah, I yeah. know. Drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand how long, how long it's been and like, why do I still have to use the old program to start a live stream? We're getting into this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, it, it does seem like it's a lot nicer, like interface and stuff like that. But I, I don't know if I see the value so much though. So. Um, what, who do you guys ride for? What are your big sponsors? Do you guys have so the we, same sponsors? Do you guys kind of come as a package or? Yeah, basically. And, and that was part of like us starting YouTube is that we started just like doing all of our stuff together, basically, which makes a ton of sense, especially when we're creating content together. So yeah, we race for Jameis. Um, they're our biggest sponsor. And then Victoria, Pearl Izumi, Osprey, Slime and you know, and stages and stages. There you go. All right. I had Osprey on like was it last week or no? It's a couple weeks ago. It was like two weeks ago. I didn't know they were around for so long. Like if I was in that what what's that show? Like who wants to be a millionaire? If I was on that show yeah. and the last question was like which company was around longer, Camelback or Osprey? I would have been like Camelback and lost all my money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Camelback did do hydration packs first. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So, yeah, that's yeah. But I mean, I didn't know that they were around that long. Like, apparently, like they've yeah. been doing like backpacks for like 40 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, they crazy. are amazing to work with. Like, they understand yeah, working really with cool. athletes really well, which is part of the reason they have so. Like, if you look at their roster of athletes. You're like, oh, that's like one of the top skiers. Oh, that's one of the top rock climbers. Like yeah. they have some so, amazing athletes. It's really very, cool. 
very lucky to yeah, be very lucky to be working <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah, they sent me one of their um their fanny packs because I talked all kinds of shit about it. So I'm I'm anxious, yeah. <laughs> I'm anxious to see what that's like to be like right back into the 80s again. Are you guys using one of those? Yeah, we use them a little bit. I wouldn't say fanny packs are my favorite. What, sort what of do you what pack. don't you like about it? What do you like about it? Um, I think that this is like a female specific problem, but it's hard as a woman, if you cinch it on your hips, then it like rides up and start bouncing around. But if you like cinch it on your stomach, it's just like not super comfortable. So nobody's really sorted that one out yeah. for me. I do. I was using one today though. I do. I do like the, what's the name of the one? So Sid uses the Cerel, which is yeah, the, the Lombard pack with you. the water bottles. Oh, and okay. then I use the Savu, which is the one that's got the bladder in it. Okay, that's um, the one I got. It, the one with the bladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I the, like the, the water bottles because I like to do drink mix, and I don't like putting drink mix in the um in the bladder. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Thing. But the bottles are like a little hard to get in and out, and yeah. I think they're fine for like enduro style riding because you stop. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely don't work if you're like not trying to not stop, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But let's be real. If you're trying to not stop, you either have not a water bottle cage or you wear a pack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My only fear I, I is like I, I carry like a, a three liter camelback and I, I finish that thing sometimes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like super paranoid about what rides I'm going to take this on. Like, I'm like, OK, it's a liter and a half. I can carry a other water bottle on my my bike. I don't know what that makes me at like total water then. I put you yeah. like two liters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm still like a leader, leader low. So like in my head, I was like, okay, well, I, what I've been trying to do is like get my bike in a spot where like the after work ride, I can just do with a water bottle and have the tools and everything that I want, like right on the bike and just be able to go. Yeah. Yep. And then my idea with that thing was like, okay, it's not going to be like the all day adventure. It's like the ride, the local rides that I know it's like, okay, I'm not going to drink that much. But if I'm going to Tahoe or something, there's like no way I'm not taking the camel back. Yeah, if you're doing more than like three hours, you probably want to pack. But right. I would say like hour and a half to two hour range is especially if you have a bottle cage, the lumbar, like the liter and a half lumbar pack plus a bottle is a pretty good amount because that gives you like over a bottle an hour, which is generally like what we recommend to people who are. They're having a little internet issue there. I'm going to go ahead and fill in while that comes back together. So, um, oh, you guys sort of back. I think oh, you're back. We're back. Oh, we're back. We were here the whole time. You just yeah. couldn't hear us. Yeah. yeah. I thought you guys went to like another planet or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So for, for me, what I've been doing too, and I'm assuming you guys probably do something similar, like, I'll mix something in the bottle then too, like a, a Gatorade or like a healthy version of that, you know, like where it's like, okay, I can have something a little sweet. Cause I won't even put like those like camelback tabs in my bladder. Like I feel like yeah. if you put anything in the bladder other than water, just forget it's about it. Gonna it's going to get like mold yeah. in it or something like that. And it tastes like that forever, which right. you don't yeah, want. You can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to throw this out because I'm a sponsored athlete and this is what I'm good at doing. Um, If you have not tried scratch, we would highly recommend it because it tastes really good and has a lot less of the stuff you don't want than Gatorade or something. Yeah. Than other mixes. We've been like, what is it? 
so it's a it, they just do hydration mixes and like recovery mixes all sorts of stuff but it's scratch spelled with a k so s-k-r-a-t-c-h and it's basically like they actually make it with like freeze-dried fruit um so it does taste really good and it doesn't make you sick which i have a lot of trouble especially in like the heat i cannot do like gatorade or heat or any of those because they all of those are like super high calorie too which like is not necessarily bad it just makes it a lot harder to digest basically so the website for those of you guys that are wondering is actually scratch labs so s-k-r-a-t-c-h labs.com yeah i use something that's like uh, this stuff like one of those like gym rat kind of like program things, you know, but it's similar where it's like, like uh, supposed to be better for hydrating and lower calories and extra somethings in there that are supposedly better for me than Gatorade. Gatorade, like when it first came out was like, like a game changer, but now totally. it's just like a juice. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I it's like just nobody before Gatorade, nobody had been putting like essentially sodium and potassium and magnesium in water and that's what you need to stay hydrated if you're sweating a lot because you're sweating out all of those electrolytes and if you're just replacing with water you're just like diluting your blood basically do you guys do anything else like um like some people like to to take um like pickle juice or other things like that to keep from cramping like cyto cytomax i used to use that a long time ago it was a good like non-cramping kind of juice or something you could drink yeah. So currently the accepted science on cramping, which changes like every week, as far as we can tell, um, I'm going to put this up. There's a big truck. He's going to turn it off now. It's way hot. Okay. Um, I'll turn it down. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> it gets warm in the van. It was just like a diesel truck sitting right there being loud. No worries. I'm in a garage in freaking California. It's like nice. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I think we're both feeling the same way right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it, but what they're kind of saying on cramping now is that it's mainly muscle fatigue most of the time when you're cramping. Yeah. Um, meaning it's not dehydration. I mean, there's really nothing you can do beyond being better trained before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can't like so like if you're getting like heat cramps, then something like Cytomax or basically any electrolyte mix will help if that's it. But like most of the time they're breaking in and especially out. if it's like um, a oh. specific you're probably saying you, you have, uh, yeah. Oh, there we go. There you are, you're back. Maybe. Can you Maybe see not. us? Yep, yep, yep. You guys went for a little ride. Okay. I think the rain is messing with. Yeah, the rain's messing with. It's all right. Yeah. Man. So, so basically, what you were saying is, it's muscle fatigue. Get out and train more, you fucks. And then, otherwise, if it's like heat, then maybe Cytomax or any other like kind of drink will work well for you. Right, and unfortunately, I think with the heat, negative Ghost Rider. So we just say whatever we want about them right now. It doesn't even really matter. They're frozen on the screen for those of you guys that are listening. Somebody has nothing to There you oh, are. Can you hear us though? <laughs> we can now. I was just yeah. like making making jokes about what you're wearing and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think the internet doesn't like us talking about cramps. That's what it sounds yeah, like. The internet is cramping. Yeah, the internet is cramping. It must be like one of those keywords that like the NSA like flags. That yeah. like, it, it's like an undercover word that like the Taliban uses. They're like, oh, they say yeah, cramping yeah. when they mean bombing. And so. <laughs> Block the internet. Block the internet. Right. Bring them down. Yeah. Where are they at? I don't know. They were in New Mexico yesterday. <laughs> So, um, but you know, I, I I'll agree. Like whenever I was having problems with cramping really bad, it really was always at the end of the ride. And it, it probably more than likely was always like muscle fatigue. One thing that I had somebody say on a ride, and I don't know if it was like placebo effect or what, but they were saying whenever they cramped that they had like tums. And they were saying like the like the magnesium in it or whatever like would help the cramping go away. I tried it. My cramps went away ish, huh. but I don't know if there was any science to it or it was just like, oh, okay, give me some drugs. I'm cool, you know. Well, apparently there is some science to the idea that like because cramps are like an electrical impulse that like eating something with a really strong taste like interrupts those electrical waves. So that's why the pickle juice works or like packets of mustard. So it doesn't actually have anything to do with what's inside. And we it. might be No, you guys are still going. You're good. Okay, we're good. You're, I think unfortunately a, a truck just came and parked between us and the internet. And I literally think that's what's making it bad. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I know. I know. What were they thinking? It's like hard to go out and be like, hey, can you move? You're between us in the wireless router like yeah. I don't know. you're like seriously um, i'm trying to run a fucking business in this parking lot <laughs> you're cramping my style cramping. right there he said the word again we're going down i said it again <laughs> so um outside of that like what what um so you guys seem pretty knowledgeable. I think is that, are you guys like working with like nutritionists a bunch or is it just like knowledge over the years from being professional athletes or? Yeah, we have both worked with nutritionists, but um, I think we're healthier when we don't like obsess too much about food. So we just eat real food and yeah. We, I mean, the, basically the nutritionist was like, keep doing what you're doing. And we were like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, that combined with like you were saying just a lot of experience having raced for a long time. Um and we try to cover you know stuff like this on our channel if we can just do a shameless plug of our channel here. Yeah, no, go for it. Um, do what you got to do. We're we're trying to like put together some playlists of like if you're thinking about racing cross country for the first time, like here's what you can expect and here's the gear we'd recommend and here's the you know here's like some of the training that you might want to do like we're trying to make it so that there's there are fewer unknowns for people so that it's not as scary of a thing so we are you know i think we have a cross-country playlist at this point we're working on an enduro one just with some upcoming videos um so that's all stuff people can check out and you know we're always open to you know do other ones or you know open for ideas so if people have ideas like we we do read our comments because we don't get enough of them that we 
can't read all of our comments. So. Right, right. Yeah, I don't have that problem either. I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is so easy. I don't know what those other guys are bitching about. <laughs> so you guys travel around a lot, obviously. Where, where are some of your favorite places to ride? Oh, that's so hard. That's the hard question. <laughs> um, it has we, a lot to do with the people that you rode with, right? It's true. Yeah. And like everything kind of, we, obviously we love Northern New Mexico. We wouldn't come here so much if we don't, we just spent the day at Pajarito, which is a little bike park in Los Alamos. That's like super underrated, but it is super gnarly. Like we were looking at their trail map and like they have like five double blacks and like one blue run <laughs> like it's like and it's like i don't know it's, it's just fun to go somewhere that's like super challenging um so i think we because we travel so much we have a tendency to get like kind of bored easily so no that's um, definitely i mean yeah. i'm not obviously on your level but i can definitely say that over the years as i've gotten better it's harder to be challenged you know and mm -hmm. so it's like you know I think anybody can say this, even, you know, the guy that's still just kind of new at it. It's like you ride your local trail so much, it gets to a point where it's not as like fun or like exciting or, or scary or treacherous, you know? And that's kind of part of why you mountain bike, I think is like, mm -hmm. yeah. like be afraid of something or like try to overcome something. So I can imagine the better that you get. Like when I was talking to Andrew Taylor, he's like doing these like huge freaking jumps and backflips and all kinds of shit. It's like, what the fuck scares you now, dude? You know, like, <laughs> like oh, I'm just going to jump out of an airplane with my bike and land on this freaking ridge or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it definitely gets harder. But what's also cool and I think doesn't get acknowledged as much is that there is really cool riding all over both the world, but also just around like all over the country. Yeah, often in a lot of places. It dropped a little bit. I'm going to talk while over there waiting to come back. So one of the trail somewhere where we didn't frozen. Dang it. Oh, now you're over here talking. That's all right. Go ahead and try that again. And Paradise Balloon Track. <laughs> um, go, yeah, what oh, I was just saying, I think one of the coolest things about what we do is like rolling up somewhere that we're like, nah, this is middle of nowhere. Like, I don't know what they're going to have. And then having like finding like an amazing trail that you didn't expect. And maybe you wouldn't be as stoked on it if you had to ride it every day. The only trail, but... I think what she's saying, really, really what what she's saying, definitely, definitely I'm in tune with. <laughs> you guys, you guys are going to have to either move or tell the balloon guy, this is over. <laughs> no, I'm not telling you guys you have to move. The balloon really guy is killing us. But um, what? Let's see if there we you go. put the computer Roll closer. Down, you'll be good to go. I don't know. We'll find out for like, as long as Sid doesn't talk, we're good. As soon as she starts talking, we're screwed. Yeah. No, wait, wait, I, 
<laughs> yeah, the, the internet is like, no, he so can't let Sid talk. Kind of like, and I think I was kind of following what was going on, what you were saying as you were like kind of in and out. But um, like, there's good writing everywhere. And don't ever like look at a place or a, no, it's not mountain, huge mountains there. That place might not be good or whatever. Like, I don't think that you can do that like fairly to those trails at all. Because, mm-hmm. like, for example, when I, I rode down at that Spider Mountain place in, in Texas, yeah. in Austin, and, it, like, you guys know where I live in Northern California. I mean, Downeyville was, like, 14 miles of downhill with, like, what, like a 300-foot climb in the middle. And other than that, it's, yep. like, you're you're losing, like, I don't know, five 6,000 feet of elevation on that ride. I mean, every yep. ride we do here isn't like that, but, I mean... My local ride where I ride the most is Auburn, California. My descent is typically about a thousand feet there, you know, mm-hmm. from wherever I'm climbing. So, I mean, you, you might have more than that, you know, through the trail and some other spots, but like the, the big bomber that you do at the end, that's about, about a thousand feet, probably a couple of miles, like, right. Three miles, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I went down there to, to Texas and it's like, okay, here's this hill. That's like 350 feet from the top to the bottom. And I would be lying to everybody if I didn't say that, like, I did definitely go there thinking, like, it's going to be okay, but it'll be a fun day. You know what I mean? Like, I had a fucking blast. Like, it was really fun. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, like, it was like, like, mediocre. It wasn't like, it was like, just so-so. You know, I saw they froze, so they're actually not... Their, their, their computer trick didn't really work. So anyways, but like it was, it was a good time, you know, it was like a really good time. I was really impressed with like how well the trails were done. They have plans for more trails. And it's like, all this is, is one little hill. Like you can have a really good time in places that you wouldn't expect, you know, like, like I think another good one is like, we're um, down there in South Florida where, where some of those, those guys are, are, um, um at like uh what is it like um shoot mr tonka and um well i think alex was down there too whenever he like round yeah he was visiting his family it's like alfaya or something like that yeah yeah like like a pretty flat place you know and it's like those trails look super fun you know and and oh i mean shit seth started down there you know yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think for any of us to judge, it's it's difficult. But you know, you still do have some places that stand out. For me, one of my standout places that I did since I started the channel was South Mountain. That was like really, really cool to me. South Mountain's awesome. Yeah, South Mountain is really cool. Because it's like super technical Moab. and chunky and like the climbs are just like difficult as well. So I mean, as much as I like bitching about climbing, I still like to be challenged, you know. And for me, yeah. I've never really been like, and this is probably a little different for, for you, but like, I never really spent a lot of time in the desert. So like to be riding and like seeing like those big, huge cactuses and like the, the, the yeah. scenery and stuff like that. It was like, this is really neat. You know, this is really cool. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm somewhere different, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's definitely true. And Moab is one that always, I mean, Moab is probably the one that I like the most that is also a popular mountain biking destination. Yeah. <laughs> like there are lots of places that we like riding that people are like, Oh, I didn't even know. Like there was mountain biking, like sun Valley, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Awesome riding. 
in my opinion. Like just miles and miles of riding. Like big backcountry stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And people don't necessarily think of Sun Valley, Idaho as like the, you know, a big mountain biking Mecca. Uh-huh. So it's just it's cool to find places like that that you didn't know had really cool mountain biking. And it turns out that they have spectacular mountain biking. We right, also went right. to Scotland in January once, so we're weird. Yeah, Scotland in January. It was <laughs> really was wet and really cold, but really, really good. <laughs> right on. That's fun. You know, like, and like I said, also, like, sometimes it's just, like, the people that you're with. And, like... Mm-hmm. My favorite ride last year was with, with um, Steven Tess, which, you know, yeah. if you guys know my channel, it's like pretty vulgar and like, like lots of beer drinking. And they're like the polar opposites of me. But it was like we and, and, and it sucks. The thing that sucks about it is like where we were riding is actually a pretty epic place, which is Downeyville, you know, but it really had nothing to do with Downeyville. It was just like we started out i mean the top of the mountain was still under the snow so we were like hiking through the woods trying to find the trail like it was like great weather for like 10 minutes and then it rained the rest of the way but but we just had like so much fun and it was just like there was nobody else out there it was just like our our little group and we just we just had a a great day and it was one of those days where you're like this was a damn good day to be a mountain biker you know what i mean those are the ones that just stick with you you know you'll remember like 30 years from now like there's plenty of rides that i'll I'll forget you know but But that one you'll remember (laughs) right right yeah definitely tess and steve are wonderful those two are so awesome yeah yeah no there's yeah in sedona what was that now they've got their little one (laughs) oh yeah they got crazy I was telling them whenever that ride that I was talking about was they had just recently had found out that they were pregnant, but they hadn't told anybody yet. So it was like some of the questions that I was asking them were, I knew was like, like, this is the question that I would have asked them if they didn't tell me that they were pregnant, but they had already told me. So it was like, like questions like, so are you guys going to settle down? Are you guys going to have kids someday? (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, so it was interesting like listening to what they were saying but also knowing that they're like and they knew too like they're like oh i gotta keep it on the wraps of how i would say this you know what i mean so like for them they're like no we're not really looking into that you know like (laughs) we're we're digging how life is treating us right now you know so it was it was was, i think that made it fun too you know so that's great (laughs) So um, you guys have gotten married in this time that you've been living in the in the van. How how'd that come up? Let's let's talk about that. Um, it's like super unromantic. We kind of wanted to file our taxes together. There you go. So basically, like a year and a half ago, we went and did like a courthouse wedding thing, and then last year we did have a wedding because the families definitely wanted. Oh, wedding, so that's, so, the, yeah. that's whenever I thought it. I thought that was the real deal. There, I was like, "What's up?" Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Sort of, yeah, we sort of purposely let people believe that because <laughs> you know it was it was a little easier than like, yeah, we've been married for a year now, but we're having a wedding. Like yeah, easier yeah. to just be like, "Yep, we're getting married now." Yeah, cat's out of the bag now. The NSA knows because of all that. Yeah, that the truth is out. Thin, right? <laughs> it was like super classic planning on our part, though. Like we we tried, like we went. And, 
did the courthouse thing and then we're like okay we'll just have the wedding on the same day in there and like of course we couldn't get that together we could not figure out anywhere like everything was happening in new mexico like that weekend so like everything <laughs> was booked so we're like yeah for that we'll get we'll have our wedding open year and a week after we actually got married <laughs> so, so now we have a week-long anniversary exactly october yeah. 20th to 27th there you yeah. go i mean that makes more sense you get more gifts right because well, exactly. you know like people shower you with gifts as you're married every year right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just do like a week-long live stream with shitty internet you'll be like <laughs> yeah. it'll kill it yeah. right? <laughs> So well, um, it's funny because uh, we sort of figured like we'd been living in a van together for what at the time it had been like three years or something. We're like, it, I, I'm pretty sure like everyone's like, be careful. Everything changes when you're married. We're like, we live in a van together. We have a job like we both do the same work and work together all the time. Like it's really only going to make our taxes. It's easier. just going to make Yeah, it's just going to make things easier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like normally people are like, dude, you should probably live with them for six months. Like, yeah. Two weeks in a van, like you're like, dude, no, I I know we're good. You know, like we figured out all the kinks, guys. Don't worry. Right, right. You're like, no, we tackled all those problems right out the gate. <laughs> so if you guys decided to get a house when you were talking about earlier, what, what part of the country would you look at? Um, probably this area, but yeah, like, we, we've considered Los Alamos. Yeah. Like they, this is like you go on Zillow and you browse. Yeah, we things. actually love looking at real estate listings. And yeah, do it a lot as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> or just like what, like what if we bought this like eight hundred thousand yeah. dollar castle? Wouldn't it be cool yeah. if we had this thing? Oh wait, too bad we don't have a million dollars. Right? Yeah, my lady does that too all the time. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, because then I'm like, I'm not looking at this shit with you because if I start yeah. looking at it, then it's like. I start like making plans or something like that. I'm like, I'm, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we've definitely benefited from the fact that Mackie's family's house is unoccupied. So when they come back or if they sell the house, we'll probably go. So, cause we will need some sort of a home base. Cause right now we live in the van, but we have like a shed full of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, this is our mailing address yeah, and you know, like, all that kind of stuff. So that sort of stuff is hard. Yeah. Um, that's so definitely got, like, I think the hardest part of van life is the mailing, the mail aspect. So mm -hmm. that's why we bounce through New Mexico a lot so that we can basically get all yeah. of the things that we need to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You kind of take that stuff for granted, you know, living in a house that you can yeah. receive packages. Can you like send them to like a certain like post office and just like pick them up or something like that? Somebody told me you could do that. And we do that when we have to, but it's a pain. Doesn't work yeah. that well. And yeah, they they charge you a like a convenience fee for holding oh, it. Oh wow, that's nice of them. Um, and, and we yeah. get a lot of packages. Yeah, and when we're in New Mexico, we have it shipped to my dad's office, um, because he comes. It's complicated, but he comes back to New Mexico every couple of months. He's a psychiatrist and sees people in person oh, cool. and then otherwise sees them via televideo. Mm -hmm. So we, when he, so he still has an office here and his office manager is nice enough to receive packages for us. So we basically right. like get back and 
have it's like Christmas every time you come by. You're like, it's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> like, New Mexico, it's always Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's why you guys wanted to live there. You're like, it seems and like every time we come, we're just showered with gifts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys said that you have a moto. Is there one motorcycle or two motorcycles in the back of that? So he's putting up the well, two signs. At the very moment, there are none because we did not bring them this weekend. But yeah, we fit two back there. So what what do you guys do? That is it like a like a like a cross training kind of thing, or it's just fun for you guys, or like what's what's the reason that you're you're lugging them around as well? Well, it's great because we call it cross training. But mainly, it's fun. <laughs> but basically, it's like the most fun cross training ever because you get to go really fast on a two wheeled machine out in the desert basically right. <laughs> we don't bring them everywhere but um most places yeah most places like moab sun valley as well super fun on the moto crested butte has crested awesome butte. moto and mountain bike shared stuff and then this area there's some really good like desert stuff yeah which is nice especially when we're here and it's like snowy up in taos um you can go and ride sand pits yeah and <laughs> Yeah, you get lower in elevation and the snow goes away and then the dirt is like, it's too sandy to be fun on mountain bikes, but it's really fun on dirt bikes. Right. So right, right, right. to like get that sort of comfort at speed and correct cornering and like handling a heavy machine while it's snowy in the high country where we would normally be. How much do you think that the, the like that the play like the way that you handle the bike and stuff like play into each other between moto and and bike and mountain bike yeah i would say for me it makes it helps a ton like i because is it just in being like stronger because you're throwing the weight around or is it like like cornering is it like what what kind of things do you think it plays plays well into well part of it is cornering because cornering on a dirt bike like you can't really steer you like have to lean right, the bike. right. Like on the mountain bike especially like not like a downhill bike has a dual crown fork so it's kind of like a moto in that aspect but like on a trail bike you can be real tweaky in the corners and you just can't do that on a moto so yeah i don't really go that much faster on my moto than i do on a bike though the <laughs> but but on a moto you can go that speed for more of the time like right. on a on a dirt bike you can do, you know, 20 to 30 miles an hour most of the time. Right. On a mountain bike, you can only you have to that. climb yeah. up a hill or take a chairlift to the top if right. you want to get anywhere close to 20 or 30 miles an hour. So, but like, yeah, I would say comfort at speed, cornering, and handling a bike that weighs 10 times, almost 10 times what our mountain bikes do. Right. Those three things are the main, the main things. Probably forces you to, to like really like, one of the things that people do when they're beginning is they look like right in front of their tire. So riding that mm -hmm. moto really gets you looking way out in front of you and kind of like accepting the trail and that's coming up to you at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Processing its speed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I used to ride motorcycle, like street bike, but I never really did much on the dirt. So, but I, I can, I can kind of like see how, like what you guys are talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was the same thing. Like the cornering, like you have to lean those bikes. You don't, you oh, don't totally. get to turn like 
you don't turn. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> there is no turning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, no, this doesn't move at all. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird to think about. Actually, I'm like thinking about riding a, a bicycle that way. It's like, dude, you just like mash over every rock that you come to. Then, right? <laughs> you know? I mean, which really, like, if you can get, if you can get to the point of riding your mountain bike, especially in corners, the way you ride a dirt bike. It just, it gives you so much more stability and you'll carry so much more speed through the corners. Mm -hmm. So like, that's the, the secret, the takeaway for the day is corner a mountain bike like you do a dirt bike and it will make a huge difference in your cornering. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. What, um, <clears throat> what the hell was I just going to say? Dude, I'm so good at like completely forgetting <laughs> what I was going to say right before I fucking say it. Um, you obviously had a hard ride today, right? I don't <laughs> know. Like, I, I think I don't have anything. an excuse ever. Like, honestly, I do it all the time. It's like, just like fucking shiny ball for me. I'm like, Oh, what's that over there? And then I forgot what the hell I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> so, um, is there places where like, have you guys ridden, ridden moto and Downeyville? I know you guys have ridden a lot of mountain bike up there. Oh, they're frozen. Now I'm stuck listening to myself. Now I can come up with the, the question that I was going to ask. <clears throat> you guys are back. Took another I think trip. we're back now. We're here. Sweet. We're back. Sorry. I don't know what's going on. No. Did the other guy move? Did he finally go? No, but I, at this point, we should have a clear shot. So I don't know. And that worked for a long time. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. I think we're, I think we're getting along just fine. It seems like we're doing all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you guys, do you guys ride 29er or 27.5? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have both. We do what, else? Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you prefer? Uh, I know this is like a religious the, question. Yeah. It depends on the trail. <laughs> Like right now we both have 130 mil 29ers and we ride those a lot. And then we have 160 mil 27.5 bikes that we also ride a lot. Um, they, they also pedal really well, but we tend to like ride those more in the park and have been doing a lot of enduro racing on the 130 29er. I was telling somebody just yesterday, I was like, and this is, big for me because i was anti 29er for a long time but since i got the chameleon if i was to get a new bike right now i would look for a short travel 29er yeah without a doubt without a doubt that would be like because like most guys are like a single quiver kind of person you know and like to have one bike that could probably do almost anything that i do like 130 one maybe 140 up front you know That's and a 29er exactly what we ride yeah, yeah that's what we ride the most for sure and like we've ridden that bike like i raced it ews races last year mackie raced it at um at andy's pacifico which is a five-day enduro and we'll be racing at bc bike race which is a seven-day cross-country stage race so it's like really incredibly versatile bike I like i think like the 160 mil bikes we pretty much have like they are for those like really steep, really nasty enduro courses. Right. And, otherwise, and they pedal well and they're fun bikes. But like, if you're going to have one bike to go do like a four hour, like XC ride up a mountain. And then also you want to be able to take it to the bike park and like 
rail some double some black diamond trails like a 130 mil 29er and like you said with a 140 on the front which is what we did yeah. with ours it's just it's such a capable bike and it's so yeah. much fun. and it like if the i the way yeah, the geometry I, is now like the way the geometries are right now it's just it, it really kind of just blows you away that it really makes that much of a difference before i mean the chameleon come the one i have it's a 29er has a 120 for the fork right now i have a yep. 140 that I'm, I'm getting ready to put on but when i first got that thing like i would come up to certain rocks and i would be like scared because i've been riding these like 140 160 forks for years and years and years you know so it would be like well i don't know if this bike can handle it and it's a hardtail and like now that i've had the bike for a while it's like almost everything that i've ridden locally on my bronson I've ridden on that bike now with the yeah. exception of some of the stuff like up in, in Tahoe, I would ride, I would ride Downeyville with that bike without a doubt. Like, and I don't feel like I'd have a bad time. There's some chunky sections where it's like, okay, that's going to fucking suck on the back or maybe <laughs> I might not make it through that, you know, but, but when you really sit down and think about like what your trails are, even your trails that you're like, Oh, those are like, that's a super techie place. They're really like in spurts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you really analyze it, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. There is only like that Rocky section and that Rocky section, like something like, like South mountain where it's like Rocky everywhere. You know what I mean? Like that's a little different, but, um, but honestly, even, even South mountain, I would probably like, if I just had one bike, I would probably want a 130 mil 29er yeah. For yeah, South mountain. For sure, like, because it'd be so much more efficient on the climb. Yeah. The climbing so is hard. Climbing. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be like too far off the back of a huge bike on all those techie climbs. Yeah. When I went there, oh, yeah. I realized like all the guys I was riding with all had 29er pivots. And I was like, this is why pivots so good at the 29ers. Cause like they need that where they're at, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Totally. Where's Jamis from? They're in New Jersey. So they're an East coast company. Yeah. They've been around for a while too, right? Yeah, like they were one of the first. Yeah, eighty nine or something. So they were like one of the first companies to make a mountain bike. How'd you guys get hooked up with them? Um, so we have worked with Vittoria Tires for a long time. Um, and when we were looking to move on from a relationship that we were in, Vittoria OEMs with Jameis, so they oh, cool. basically introduced us. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Jameis has been great. It's It's been really cool working with them at this time because the new bikes they just put out, the Portal and the Hardline, are so good. And, like, they'll tell you, like, they were one of the first companies to do a 27.5 bike. Like, uh -huh. they jumped on that early. But I think they jumped on it so early that people sort of forgot that they were one of the first. And so uh -oh. it was like, oh, like, look, He's, you know, specialized is doing a 27.5. I guess it's arrived. And James is like, yeah, we've done one for two years now. Right. But like, you know, it didn't. So they're super underrated. Yeah, they're underrated. But they also, I don't yeah. think they've really like blown away anything yeah. in the bike world. Whenever until... I first started hearing of them, I always thought they were like a boutique bike. Like I thought they were like an expensive, like a, like a special build bike. And I, I guess I probably still have the same opinion that at this point, like I don't really know much about them, you know? Yeah, so they, they're actually a pretty big brand compared to like, like a compared to like a boutique, but brand like pivot, they are 
pretty big. They do, you know, they do cruiser bikes, they do kids bikes, they do the whole. So they have line. all like cross. Um, they have road bikes too. Say that again. What's that? They have, like road bikes and gravel bikes. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Road bikes, cyclocross, and they. Um, one thing that we really like about working with them is that it, they have bikes at a lot of really good price points, which the company we were with previously, it's like hard when somebody, especially like a kid comes to you and they're like, what bike should I get? Like, help me out. And you're like, well, the only bikes I can recommend you like start at like $6,000. Like that's right. And has like, they have, you know, like thousand dollar bikes that are really like, they're honestly really good. It's like, we haven't necessarily ridden them, but they're like, they're Dakar A1 and A2. They have them in the office and they tell us that they're like the bikes that people like always grab to go like ride on their lunch break, you know? And it's like a $1,500 mountain bike, you know? So that's really cool to be able to be like, here's a solid product that's like not gonna absolutely destroy your budget. (laughs) Yeah, or if you're a new rider, like, oh, you just started mountain biking and are like getting into it, you should drop $7,000. Like that, you know, for some people maybe, but for most people that does not make sense. So working with Janus, we can be like, no, they've got this like amazing, you know, $1,000 full suspension or $500 hardtail. And like, it's got decent parts on it and it's a good bike. And and then they also have the bikes that we're on, the the Hardline and Portal, which frankly, they're just awesome like they pedal really really well and descend really really well and they are more expensive but like i think the a2 which is their the the like lower version aluminum one Mm -hmm. i think it's like just over thirty five hundred dollars or something like it's not an expensive bike compared to like and it's which is really cool yeah and they make a big effort to affordable which is Mm -hmm. cool because i think there are a lot of companies we don't need to name names but there are a (laughs) lot of companies in the bike industry that that feel that they get a status symbol out of making their bikes super expensive and they're not wrong you know they make it this coveted thing but right (laughs) what oh i mean (laughs) the only one right so it's not a bad marketing move like you can't not people for doing that but i do think it is yeah it makes it harder for people to get into the sport if they think that they can't be competitive until they have an eight thousand dollar bike that's, that's one of the things i try to tell, try, try to tell people too it's like dude like my granted a fifteen hundred dollar hardtail is expensive i think that's what my my chameleon was mm-hmm. but i mean this thing first of all it's the bottom line build like it's nothing yep. special on this bike I mean, I put a dropper on it. And other than that, I've been riding it stock for the last like six months. Fucking like 290 pounds, dude. I'm not like a little guy, right? So like if, if this thing is like taking that abuse and it's working just fine, like, dude, you can like, and and I'm being able to ride like, like I said, anything that I would ride around here, like I can ride all of it. Maybe it's not as fast as it would be on my full squish bike, but like I am still having just as much fun on that mm-hmm. bike as I am on my freaking $10,000 Bronson. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it doesn't like, it, it's not the bike, you know, it's the engine, you know, it's just yeah. like have fun with it and like have a good time out of it. But one of the bikes that I was like blown away with was I would, I had the Bronson was in the shop 
for whatever reason, I think it was like I had sold my extra bike. So I was getting ready to get another like before I got the chameleon and I needed a bike to like ride. And I there was a local shop that had like the bottom of the line, like or middle line kind of like a giant trance. It was mm-hmm. like a less than $2,000 bike, I think. And it was like one of the most fun bikes that I've ever demoed. Like it just was like so poppy and lively mm-hmm. and it was like, dude, this is awesome. And and yeah. that's where, you know, people, I think they just get hung up on like, oh, you pay more, it's better. And it's like, I always try to tell people like, find a bike that you like. Like let, let's say you buy, you you ride the, the super expensive $6,000 one at the shop. Now find the lowest model that has that frame because everything else on there is going to break <laughs> and you can do it slowly. You know, and it'll break faster on the more expensive one. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some truth in that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like with a lot of that money that you're paying is just to make it lighter, which if you want something that's durable, like you're just wasting your money, you know, mm-hmm. like you should yeah. get the heavier components and they'll last a little longer. Yeah. You can like do it over time. At least you have a bike to ride, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. you, do, you don't like those brakes. They suck. So save your money and buy a new one. You know yeah. what I mean? Or it's like, you, you you don't like that derailleur and well, no shit. You're going to bang it off a rock sooner, light, sooner yeah. or later. So like you get an opportunity to buy one. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't take very long until you, you, you go through all those parts, you know? I think there's also just talking about this, like exclusivity thing is I think that's a problem the mountain bike world has gotten into recently of like, if you're not like one of the cool kids, then like you don't belong. And if you don't have a $8,000 bike then you don't belong. And that's, it's something we've been trying to focus on a lot. And I could tell you are also of like, we all started as beginners. None of us like, Ta-da, I'm a professional racer. Like you don't right. need to be a professional racer to have fun. Like probably other people have a lot more fun than us. <laughs> That's quite possible, really. <laughs> Likely. Even. But it's really interesting, like when we started doing some videos about like introducing people to racing, like we had so many people who were just like concerned that they'd like show up in the wrong clothes or on the wrong bike and like look like a goober. And it's just like a bummer to hear that because it's like that shouldn't really matter. Like you know, it should be about what's fun and comfortable, but you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I always feel are... bad whenever I'm telling people about riding. And it's like, first of all, you like talk to them about like getting a bike and then you're like, well, if you really want to be comfortable, you need to buy a helmet. That's good. And then you want to buy a nice pair of shorts and you want to make sure you're not wearing cotton t-shirts. So you should probably buy some, yeah. you should probably, you know, and like all of a sudden you're like, I just told him to buy like another five hundred dollars. Like you need a camelback, <laughs> you need gloves, and you're like, oh shit, no, you can actually just have fun. Like get a bike yeah. and start there. You know, yeah. it's totally true. The helmet might be necessary. Helmet is yeah. necessary, but you I mean, even the difference between a good helmet and a and a cheap helmet, like you definitely get what you pay for. I mean, when you buy, uh, like even for a long time, I never had a road helmet. I always just roared my mountain bike helmet. Yeah. And the yep. first time I bought, like, or I didn't even buy it, Callie gave me a, a road helmet and I was like, oh my God, this yeah. thing's so light. Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. even feel it on my head. You know, yep. like, what the hell was I thinking? You know, and in my head, I was always like, I don't need to buy another $100 helmet. Yeah. That doesn't make any damn sense. There's yeah. a reason that, like, all this stuff exists. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, yes, it is more comfortable to have the, like, 
super expensive this and like there's a reason people pay money for it but not having it shouldn't ever be the reason you don't go ride right right i mean i've definitely seen guys in jeans fucking wax the shit out of me down the trail in my shorts you know what i mean totally You're like, or what is that guy doing? Means. Oh shit, yeah. he has a parrot on his handlebars. And I just, yeah. just asked me. I kid you not, dude. We were at uh, Santa Cruz at the flow trail, and there was a guy riding with a parrot on his handlebars. Oh, I wow. couldn't fucking believe it. There's I got a, a picture of, of it on my so weird in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Right. Santa Cruz, it's a special place. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. where do you guys are you guys sticking around the New Mexico area for a while? Or are you getting ready to like head anywhere else? So we are racing the Return of the Burner at Angel Fire, which is a um, endurance downhill event this weekend, and then we are packing up and heading up to BC. So for BC bike race, yeah, that's our big adventure of the summer. <laughs> so what is um? So you said it's an enduro downhill. So it's an endurance downhill. So basically, what does it's that mean? A, a team of three. And you have to race 18 laps. And Angel Fire is a very rough, very big mountain that you drop like 2,000 feet of elevation. So 18 laps is a lot. So it's a lot of laps. And there is a solo category, which we were going to do. And then our coach was like, you're racing BC in two weeks. You are not racing the solo category for this race. So we're doing it as a team with one other friend. So we each are going to do six laps, which... It's it won't still be that be. different than like a hard enduro, but it'll still be so, hard. Yeah, it'll be a, it's sort of a fun format because like the chairlift time counts and like the time getting to each stage counts. So it's like it's like total elapsed time. Like they start it and then when you finish your 18 laps, like you're done. So and there's you, like all the logistic element and okay, like so you're not climbing those 2,000 feet on every lap then. No, no, no! You take the. I was like, lift. "Holy shit, dude! Yeah, that's yeah. like twelve thousand feet." You said you're doing six laps. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. man!" Twelve thousand feet of descending, which is a lot at Angel Fire too, because it's really it's pretty rough. So it'll be hard for sure. And you well, all use the same chip, like timing chip, uh-huh. so you can't be at on the mountain at the same time. So like one person will do a lap or two, and then hand off the chip, and the next person, and then hand off the chip, and you try to figure out between the three of us, like what's going to be the fastest way for us to get all these laps. And it's like, you have to do six on this trail, six on this trail, six on this trail. So we're trying to like figure out how are we going to like, who's going to do which laps and what order are we going to do? And like, we have to figure out all this stuff. And I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So um, you guys didn't tell me that you were pregnant before we started this, but I'm going to ask what, what happens. You guys, you guys think about having kids or not in the plan? <laughs> This, this is good. So this is what we told my parents when they asked us after we got married. We said, you can ask again in five years. And then they waited two months <laughs> and then and they, they said, <laughs> so what are you thinking about kids? And we said, like we told you, you can ask again in five years. <laughs> so basically not, not yeah, in the five-year plan. plan anytime soon. Yeah. Right on. That sounds, that sounds legit. Don't hang out with freaking Steve and, and Tess then. You might catch the bug, right? No, it's perfect. We want to hang out with Steve and Tess because they have a baby. 
so we can play yeah. with it until right. it droops or cries, and then, give and then we give it back. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fun part, man, right? Yeah. Just handing it back over and being like, okay, you guys can stay up all night. Yeah. Favorite kind of babies is other people's babies. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, we're going to sleep now. You guys get to stay up all night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that, like like living on the road in such a small space with the baby too. That's got to be a handful. Yeah. There, I'm, if I'm there's any couple that can do it, it's definitely them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they got they got a great outlook on on like they're very positive both of them, you know. Yeah. I, I would be like after a couple of weeks I'd be like this is fucking this is where I'm over it. yeah that's awesome so um then then bc so what's going on up in bc so we're racing bc bike race so it's a seven day cross-country stage race so we have been training for that a lot obviously (laughs) to be able to ride for seven days in a row basically you race a probably three to four hour cross-country race every day for seven days and they add up your time and whoever has the shortest time wins. Oh, wow. That sounds brutal. Yeah. It's going to be pretty brutal, but apparently the trails are awesome. So we're pretty stoked. Hey, can you guys racing it as a duo? So like together, so we are a team. And so we basically have to be, I think it's within like a minute of each other at all times. Oh, wow. So we basically start and finish together, but we can like, provide emotional support for each other and right, like right. remind the other person to eat and drink. And so I think yeah. it's going to be be a good, like introduction to cross country stage. Yeah. Race, so not yeah. Have to, like be by yourself in your own head for that entire period of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So everybody thinks that, you know, like as a, a pro rider, like you just go ride. What's the difference between training and riding for like fun? You go way harder and way easier when you're training. Mm -hmm. Like, basically, yeah. I think that's the thing that people don't realize is we actually, like, do a lot of resting and a lot of, like, riding really easy. And then we also go super, super hard. Um, But we try to avoid the in-between when we can. (laughs) And that's what, like, generally, if someone's like, how can I get faster? Our number one piece of advice is when you are riding, ride way harder so that you're like tired, really tired when you're done. And then take time off to recover from that instead of riding like sort of medium hard all the time. Because medium hard is it's fun. You're like, this is great. I'm enjoying riding my bike but you're not really getting anything from it, especially if you aren't recovering. You're just like staying in this gray area all the time. So what's, so a, recovery, us, what's a recovery time from like a big, big ride then? Like, is it a couple of days? Uh, is it, it one depends, day? Or it depends how much like our coach wants us to recover too. Like since you've been training for a seven day race, like we're also kind of like, we're, we're stacking a lot of days on top of each other. So it's more like, oh, we'll ride for four or five days in a row and then take like two or three days off or and then do even, it again. Or like, even like, I think most recently it was like ride three or four days hard in a row 
and then take a day off. Yeah. And then another three or four days hard in a row. So but when you say hard, saying, like, like whenever I, the first, when I met Kyle Warner, I, I bought a bike from him. I didn't have a clue who he was. And uh, so after he left my house, I, uh, I, I looked him up and I'm watching him run this enduro race. And he's just like, just fucking hammering it. Like to the point where it's like, this guy's got to be puking when he stops. Right. So like when you're saying like ride hard, is it like ride hard, like as hard as you like everything you got on those days or like, is it uh, still like 90% of what you would race day? Yeah, it depends a lot on your goals. So like when we were only doing enduro racing, we were basically training for, and Kyle's an enduro racer as well. So like training yeah. to be super, super pinned for like 10 to 15 minutes tops. Right. So we would do a lot of, intervals in the one to five minute range so uh -huh. basically that's like going out on the road or sometimes on trails depends and like sprinting for a minute fully recovering sprinting for another minute however or many times or three minutes, five or minutes, five minutes. yeah um now that we're training for a seven day cross-country race we've been doing like this past weekend we would like we'll ride the bike park and like you know go reasonably hard but like having fun riding laps yeah, yeah. and then go out and do like a 40 minute hill climb at like a steady state pace so like that's a specific power outage yeah, for yeah, those yeah, I get it. so that sort of helps us balance like getting that because the skill side is still super important for us yeah, too yeah. so um, that bike park gives you that quick twitch kind of stuff though, man. I tell yeah. you what, if anybody doesn't ride at a bike park or you think that like you're a mountain biker, you don't need to ride a bike park, go to a fucking bike park and like look at the outside loop and be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do that like 10 times in a row. The first time you get around that, you're going to be like, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, and it's so much fun too. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's awesome. Ride a bike it's totally park awesome. Because it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but it's like it surprises you, like how how like dusted you get off of it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I went down down well, to the local bike park like for like doing a bunch of push-ups. Yeah, and squats yeah. in a row for a long right? time. <laughs> but it does some great things for you too. Like, man, you learn how to corner. Like, you can get more comfortable with jumping. Like, wh whatever it is, you know what I mean. Like, for me, I feel like the cornering aspect of it, and then a lot of guys, I think that start out don't realize that like that you can and should like pump your bike when you're actually riding on the trail oh, you know yeah. what i mean so it's like he puts this into your head where you're like now when you're riding the trail you're like oh there's a little divot gives it give it this give it that you know and that's where you can get yeah. some of that speed from and you're not getting it from like just pedal 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 pedal, pedal. You, you know what i mean mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. there's tons of speed to be made without pedaling yeah tons of speed yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, we're wrapping up on two hours here, man. I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to to hook up with me again. I know the first yeah. time didn't go so well, but yeah. you know, Sorry about that. <laughs> honestly, like, dude, I, I'm not paying my electricity bill with this gig, so it, it worked out yeah. just fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get the night off, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really was no no uh, no problem to me and. I guess b before you go, like, where, where do you guys want to see the channel go in the next year? Since you smashed your goal this year already. Yeah, I That's think. a great question. <laughs> I think now we're just trying to work on the balance of, like, creating stuff that's, like, 
informative but also fun and I think it's funny like when we first started we didn't think about like video quality at all and we were just like we're just gonna tell a story and like have some community stuff going on and now we're like okay and to kind of like try to craft something that's a little mm-hmm. more I don't know it's a little creative, more, I guess. Yeah, creative, yeah. but also like we want people to be entertained, but also learn something. So like yeah. we understand. When I started, like, you know, talking about, go ahead. When I first started, it was like just put the GoPro on, do the ride, and then figure the story out later. And now it's like I'm trying to think of ahead of time, like mm-hmm. what like what is it that I want to accomplish with this ride? You know, like what do I yeah. want to tell people? So yeah. I, I definitely dig what, what, what you're saying there, man. I appreciate you guys. Honestly, dude, it was super fun talking with you guys together as a couple that's racing professionally, <laughs> living in a van. You guys rock, man. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> outlook. like every time I, I, I didn't get a chance to meet you guys in Seattle, I didn't know you guys were there. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, they were, oh, bummer. it was so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I raced four different races over the weekend. So yeah, we were pretty I, much just running in circles. Yeah, yeah. I, I was running in circles because I was drunk. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you probably had more fun than us. You probably had we more were fun. Like a little like ah, so yeah. many like yeah, it was a good. It was a good yeah. Time. Yeah, I almost <laughs> didn't even bring my bike, and because I, I pretty much knew I've ridden down that area before, and. and it's not like epic riding by any means. So no. I was like, I'm just going to go down there, drink a bunch of beer, walk around, talk to people. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> Good plan. Yep. Good plan. Right yep. on. Well, like I said, thanks again. I mean, I really, really appreciate it. Everybody out there that, that threw up a super chat while we were ch- talking. I really appreciate it. That stuff really does keep the, the channel. Could I say really again? That's really crazy, <laughs> but it does really help out the channel a lot. If you guys want to help support my channel or their channel, we both have a Patreon. Go ahead and stop by. Even if you're on the bottom end, even if you don't want to sign up for one of the tiers, you can just do a buck and a buck is like, you know, you go to the bar, somebody pours you a beer and you tip them an extra dollar on top of that for like 10 seconds of work. Like, go ahead, throw a buck to your favorite YouTuber and it, it makes a, it makes a big difference. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go over to Sid and Mackie's channel. I'll put it in the show more later. You can get over there and subscribe to them as well. They got a lot of good content. I, from what I've seen, it was all good. So. <laughs> Um, if, if you guys, right, if you guys uh, listen to the podcast instead of watching this live on Sundays at 5 p.m. PST, um, please leave a review. If it's less than a five-star review, leave it on somebody else's podcast. That would be great for me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you guys haven't hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up button. And uh, remember one thing and one thing only, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get the fuck out and be one, bitches. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs>